Hello. Welcome back to the Golden Goose Shop podcast, made up of three friends who spun the wheel of chance and got selected to live together in a flat in Cardiff. Once again, to add some sort of structure to this podcast, I asked my co-hosts, Jono and Josh, to go and watch Gladiator and round up our thoughts and we'll let you know at the end what we think. Just quickly, before we do head into this podcast, I am going to ask the guys one question. What are you drinking? Josh? Um, so... I'm on a very adult drink, and I don't know why, but I was really in the mood for it. I'm, I'm drinking the Penderin Merlin Cream Liqueur. Th- cream, cream Liqueur? I can't say it. <laughs> Is that the, the Bailey's kind of one? Yeah, the Bailey's kind of one, but actually like taste of alcohol rather than just like Christmas. And Jono? <laughs> um, I'm drinking uh, a mermaid gin and tonic Ooh. with Shreps tonic. Well, I'm very close to you there. I've got Schweppes Tonic, but I've got it with some uh, Bombay Sapphire gin. So Jesus, when do we all become adults? Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we used to drink stuff that grotted our stomach, like Tesco-owned vodka and the 20p lemonade. What happened? We got jobs. <laughs> Disposable money. But, but, the thi- yeah, but the thing is, you're saying this, yeah, we're just drinking, we're just gone up the slight tier. So when you go to Sainsbury's, instead of like your back snapping to get to the bottom of all the shelves, because you know that's where the, the cheapest booze are, with <laughs> one shelf above, there's another three shelves to go before we've made it in life. Oh, yeah. You know, short people are alcoholics. Are you calling us yeah. short, Josh? <laughs> I mean... Or alcoholics. I don't know which well, one. Like, I'm the it's... tallest out of all of us, so yes, you guys must be short. So, guys, I've realised I've had a bit of a problem this week. What's the problem? I I kind of spent too much money on clothes. When I say what? too much money, I mean like a reasonable amount of money, but not a reasonable amount of money for me. I think that's I mean, been everyone's problem this lockdown. <laughs> yeah, who who gave us spare income? I, the problem was I didn't buy any like new clothes for like the last like three months because I'm not seeing anyone. It doesn't matter. And now like the world's opening back up again. Like I realized I actually had to buy some stuff. So I bought like four or five t-shirts and some shorts and a jacket and. You know, and which is fine. They're not. It's not. It's not like a massive amount of clothes. But you know, you just go. Probably didn't need to spend that. Yeah. But for I some people, that's some a monthly stuff. occurrence. But I think for me and you in particular, that that never happens. Maybe a no, once I... a year where we go on a little shopping spree. I know, John, you yeah. like your clothes, but yeah, I mean, like when whenever I buy clothes, I spend a bit of money, but I probably don't have as many clothes as you if you get what i mean yeah like i have i think three two pairs of jeans and like two other pairs of trousers and that's all my like i would describe you as like the opposite of like a fast fashion person you just you just buy stuff that lasts for like four years yeah yeah so i i have i have clothes that i still wear from like six years ago seven years ago and all that sort of thing um because it, it, it kind of like one i really dislike clothes that look like they're brand new you know when you you look at them and you go like oh mate, they've they, still got that crease from the supermarket not supermarket yeah, from the shop like, in it you know they, they they look a bit too clean and you like, can tell you know, where i used to shop i like, I like george own brand <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i do but the thing is like i don't mind like i buy i buy clothes and stuff from certain uh places where it's like cheaper like if i just want a hoodie or a, a white t-shirt and all that sort of thing but after a while you go like that thing's gonna like i bought i used to buy jeans from like next or whatever and they used to be like 25 30 pounds something like that yeah 
That's standard. And then, yeah. And after like about four months, they used to wear, and I used to get a little hole. And then, jeans are the worst place to get any, you know, holes and stuff in them. So then I'd have to replace them. That's on the knee these days. I've noticed that. When I was young, all my clothes had holes in, and now if my clothes have holes in, people assume I'm fashionable. Which sounds like a really old <laughs> jo- person Josh, thing to say. I've but... I've heard lots of people walking around going, "Oh my god, he's a fashionista." That guy is all well, about Jonathan, fashion. Just, the new t-shirt I'm wearing at the moment has is a plain black t-shirt with a banana on it. So I think <laughs> I am quite fashionable. Is my that one geez, from your uh, little clothes hole, Josh? <laughs> it, well, it is. Yes, it's a it's a nice little banana. No, it's peeled as well. Um, no one on the actual podcast can see this because it's audio, but you guys can. Yeah. Look at it. That, Look at you, you know what? If I saw that Josh walking down the street, I go, "My God, that's a man who's on the pinnacle, the cutting edge of fashion. He knows exactly what's happening. He's going to the runways, and people are going, "My God, that guy's got it." Yeah, they go, they go. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't care what others think. He's enjoying his banana. I bought one with a French bulldog on. I was got a little French bulldog, you know, like on the corner. <laughs> to be fair, Frenchies <laughs> are my favorite dog, and I probably would buy that too. <laughs> so it was, it's awesome. So that's what you need. Yeah, and I've also realised after going shopping as well that zip-up hoodies don't exist anymore. No, I've noticed this. in the middle. Yeah, the zip-up in the middle yeah. hoodies. Like when mm. I was younger, that is all I'd wear. Is yeah, I mean I, that's that's what I like to wear. Like I like a zip-up hoodie. I don't really like the over-the-top hoodies because um, I like to have jackets open. But I went into six different shops and none of them had a zip-up hoodie. Yeah. Like the only ones they had them in like Sports Direct and stuff. But then they were like the proper, yeah, interesting ones, Chav. Um, interesting <laughs> ones. Um, and I may have very little fashion sense, but I'm definitely better than than buying something like that. I've got some sort of obsession with hoodies. Like, I'm starting to get to that point where I've got more hoodies than t-shirts. I think, I don't, I don't know why, but... See, I love I love a jacket and I love a hoodie. But I got to the point, actually, where I was doing the opposite way, where I kind of ran out, because probably about a year and a half ago, I got to that point where I had, like, nearly as many t-shirts as I did, like, jackets. And I was like, I can't buy any more jackets. So then mm-hmm. I haven't brought any, but then I threw a couple out. Yeah. Or giving them away to charity, because that's what reasonable and responsible people do. I sell them <laughs> on eBay. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. If you do spend a bit of money on clothes and that sort of thing, you can um, resell them and all these sort of things. I think different... that's the way I'm trying to go. I'm trying to spend a bit more on clothes, but it's just that initial purchase that's putting me off. Like, I've bought a few things this lockdown that I, I've spent more than I would have normally just because mm. I've had the money, this lockdown. I mean, they, they, I used to, I used to buy quite a bit of, um, like, buy clothes for resale. Like, I, I used to buy stuff like, uh, patter with collaboration with other yeah. brands and all that sort of stuff. And there was, a, there's a brand called Palace. It's a skateboarding brand, and uh, they did like a collaboration with like the Trailblazers basketball team in America, and. I looked at the price of it now to see it, and it's like 70 quid for the T-shirt. I bought it for like 20 pounds. And, and these are the sort of things that if you buy it, you know, then you can think on and go, oh, I might be resell it a bit later and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I've got a mate that um, does keep his eye out for these new releases. A lot of the stuff he buys is Supreme, um, but he does make quite a bit of profit on that just quick sale. As soon as he gets yeah. it, he just flogs it on somewhere else on Depop or whatever. StockX. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's funny that I I bought I bought like a whole stock of new clothes at the beginning of lockdown. Uh, and uh I was I bought it all and then I got it and I was trying it on. I was like, you know what, I like this stuff. No, I, I look pretty good. And then I, I, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, yeah. And then I was like, wait, there's no one here to uh to look at my swagger here. I was like <laughs> I, I I I was like looking at the news and it was like months and months ahead of lockdown. I was like, oh crap. I was like, I can't, I can't show off my new top and all these sort of, and my new trousers. I was like, oh God, what was I going to do? So I was doing these, um, I was driving around and delivering meals to uh, old people and people couldn't get out. So what I started to do, each time I'd go, I'd change my outfit and I'd wear my new clothes for each time. And <laughs> I've, I've, that's how, that's, that's my, that's the, tr- that's the point of like, I, I was like, I need to get these out. I need to wear it at least once outside of the house uh and yeah i never got any feedback i just visions of you like uh walking away and this old woman turned to her husband going stylish young chap isn't he <laughs> i don't always sound like yoda I, but <laughs> i i mean i can I, I can imagine me putting delivering the food and then just get the jacket like sling, like put it over my shoulder as i walk away <laughs> and just you know throw it oh, into the car that's exactly how i imagined it i imagined like your car door opening and just you like coming out in like a haze of like smoke strutting yeah. down the uh I like mean that's that's what the vision was. That was the vision, but in reality, it 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 didn't happen so much. There is like something that. nice about buying new clothes, though. It's like new anything, but like new clothes, especially like when you put them on for the first time, you go. Oh, it's that feeling, feeling of the new clothes. I think the best mm-hmm. feeling clothing item is socks. Nothing beats yeah, a new pair of socks. <laughs> it's weird, but new socks are awesome. Like, Even if they're the cheapest sock you've bought, you go to Primark, mm-hmm. you get the cheapest f- five that, socks okay, for that, a pound. Sorry, sorry that, Alec, that, but this is going to be brought up. Yeah, no, what, so, sorry. What did you that, call it? That that word there for anyone else who is normal is a Primark. That was Pri- it's the, Primark. It's the clothing well, I'm, shop I'm Primark. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've got a bit of an accent. And what do you call that German brand of sports shoes? Adidas. Adidas, yes. Not Adidas. I know I'd say Adidas. No, see, I've, I know people, like, people from Germany, and I know... A friend. Oh, look at you! Yeah, no, I, I, Ge- oh, from a whole French. different country. I, I know oh, it's Germany a European, Bahames. a whole new country. And I know someone who works for uh, Puma, you know, for a rival German company, and they all say Adidas, and they say that's how you say it. Like that, that's how we all say it. And that's yes, but I am British, so I say Adidas. But everyone in Britain said, "Oh, just no, wrong." No, because Adidas sounds like you're falling down the stairs saying something. Adidas, 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 Adidas. 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 Yeah. Adidas. This yeah. podcast has just Do- turned into us going Adidas. Ad- Adidas. <laughs> Adidas. Ad- Adidas. I really hope someone skips ahead and it just sounds like, why is the audio mucked up as we're going Adidas? Adidas. <laughs> it's just a loop. I mean, welcome this week to how we pronounce things. Uh... <laughs> well, this, this is something, and, I've, um, and I teased Alad with it. Alad um, was all about the how much uh, Lord of the Rings cost, like, the made. The budget, yeah. Yeah, and I decided to sprinkle a little fact on him, but didn't explain it to him that actually the series lost money. That blue, that I've been waiting about three. I I, I refused to Google it because I've waited until now. What, the movies, the movies, movies lost money. The, the whole the whole trilogy, yeah, it lost yeah. money, as well as Star Wars did, and many other stuff. Please explain this, lost Josh, because I just I don't understand. Of course, because it's going to be fun. So, um. They say the smartest people in Hollywood are the bookkeepers. Um, it's because um, movies 
obviously have a budget, a production budget, and that's their budget. But the, what they don't really count in their um, production budget on officially, it's how much they pay other companies to do stuff. So like advertisement, um, toy manufacturing and stuff like that. So someone at some point was very clever and realized that um, if you create another company to do your advertising and you also just so happen to own that company, so no matter what you pay that company to um, do whatever, um, you, that goes counts as your outgoings, but you still keep the money. So the reason they do this um, is because a lot of actors or music people or whatever will have it written to their contract. They make 3% of the film profits but when the film never actually makes a profit because you're too busy paying um you know the ma marketers hundreds of millions of pounds that just so happens to be going back into your bank account or bank account that you still have access to it means that you've spent all this money so never actually made a profit mm. so there's a so lord of the rings is kind of the main wealth mo most well-known one of this but um there's a few others, um, like most films, but another big ones. So do you guys know the film My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding? I've yes. not seen it, but it was kind of... Is it a rom-com? I haven't seen it, but I think it is. Yeah, so that... But the film... The, the cost that film cost £6 million to make, which is quite cheap, but yeah. how much money um, do you think they lost on that film? £5 million. £5 million. So if they yeah so they were down five million. So according to them, um, they lost twenty million pounds mm -hmm. on a six million pound budget. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I How mean, is that even is, possible? I mean, this is yeah. I, I I think what you're talking about and all these sort of things. I I I think there is no longer by law allowed that. So it's it's being cut down on um purely because a lot of people are kicking off um particularly because people like um the person who played Darth vader and i forget his name but i'm sure lots of people do so the original Darth vader he had written into his contract that he'd make three percent yeah. of the star wars um i think it was empire strikes back i think it was yeah. um but he's never had a penny from that so he got paid to do the job and was going to get three percent of the film so one of the most successful films of all time, one of the most beloved films of all time. He never got He's anything. never seen a penny for it. Yeah. I mean, this this was all sort of like what companies used to do is if you could set up a new company and that new company could borrow money and have and borrow money from other companies and then give you that money into your company and then it could remain off your books that you have set up a new company and all those sort of things. And yeah, all, so all of that got stopped and it, all of that is now against the law and it's all regulated. And I can't it, remember, 2005 It is against the law, but it hasn't quite caught up with some people yet. Um, and it's only recently become part of the law in certain countries. Mm. Um, so, it's, so it's not... But the reason it happened was because some actors in the 50s and 60s got really big for their boots and decided they want like 25% of the film's budget. Ideal. And because they because they had all this pulling power, you know, it they they could you know yeah. they could demand that. So this is where the creative. So it's kind of it's something that happened because people got greedy and then people didn't want to pay out as much. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those like all the, most of the well known films that you watch would have lost money. Yeah, I mean the the funny thing mm. is, I think Lord of the Rings, it the, I think the production and all that sort of stuff 
would have been a lot, lot cheaper than you would have thought because they filmed all three films at the same time uh, in, I don't know, like six months or a year they were filming for. So they did all three at the same time. And the first scene they filmed was when they destroyed the ring. That was the first scene they filmed. Why? You're the, like, produ- you're, you're, you're yeah, the man no, who exactly. did production. You tell me why they did them first. I'm going to guess probably because it was filmed on a green screen, so they just did that first, maybe like in a, maybe in America, um, and then flew everything out to New Zealand that needed to be filmed there. But it's just one of... That's quite interesting. That's quite one of those, like... Yeah, I, I, yeah, but yeah, that... But those, were, but they also were developing um, techniques in CGI, computer aided design, at the same time. So Gollum, when he was like moving about at the start, they didn't want him actually moving about, and then it carried on, and all these sort of things developed. But it's all these interesting things how films change. Like, is it me, or do they look quite CGI now? Obviously, looking back, it's a dated film. But... Yeah, no, I don't get me wrong. Um, it's a very, it, you know, it's, it's an amazing film and it's an old film. So, yeah. it, uh, but like I watched it, I watched, I didn't even watch it. I watched a couple of clips of it um, whilst I was being sad and watching film stuff. And um, it, I just went, oh my God, that looks awful. Do you know what you, do you get with like video games and stuff with like, um, it's like Simpsons Hit and Run and Mario Kart that you kind of go, oh wow, that, that doesn't look as good as I remember it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I have one of those with Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, no. The the worst thing is, is when you see they do like close. They they were fairly smart, though. Anything that except from Gollum, anything that was somewhat close up was done in costume. So they Mm. were done with makeup. So when you have like the orcs and stuff, you're like, they're pretty good. But you kind of go, well, why don't you continue doing this? But um, yeah, I think that there's some films that like I'll say it. That 2001 A Space Odyssey, when you look at that, <laughs> when you look Wait, at that, film? 2001 a, Sp- uh, a Space Odyssey. Do you like that film, Jono? Yeah. It's, I've got it's a feeling good. this film is going to make a few appearances. It's, it's, it, it might do. Um, but that film, when you watch it even now, all of it looks incredible. Like It all looks still amazing and all that. And that was 1970s, I think it was. and Because that was all done on models and all these sort of things. 2001. Forgive me for not watching it, but how was it filmed? Like, was it all? Well, that 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 can be that can I, I have a wealth of things I can talk about in two thousand and one. But it was it was they made models, so it's like Star Wars. They yeah, made the models of yeah. the spaceships and of all these sort of things. I mean, he, the, Stanley Kubrick did the uh, film the moon landing, so this man really knew what he was on about. Uh, <laughs> I I thought think about that for a second. What? Oh yeah, no, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. It is a proven fact. If anyone says differently, they are clearly part of the government conspiracy. Because the moon landings were faked, they were, and Russia was involved. Obviously, why are you actually being serious? No, I'm not being serious. I was going to say for a split second, <laughs> I was, I was, like, oh, I was no. waiting for the realization of who's was, actually being serious or not. Yeah. No, I was looking at someone doing statistics for it, and they said that it would have cost NASA more money to fake the moon landing than it would to go up to the actual moon. The technology, the technology to fake the moon landings didn't exist. The technology to get them to the moon did exist. Yeah, I mean, Cooper which could is, have done it. Cooper could yeah. have done it. We were those like, oh, it's CGI. It's like CGI wasn't around then. Yeah, yeah. no, computers you, weren't around. Yeah, you could get well. The basic computers were, but you know, like A to B and B to C computers, not like yeah. Well, computer. computers around since World War Two, but um, the I mean, I've seen the film. 
what with, with uh, Enigma. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed that film. This is, that's a good that. film. Yeah, yeah, he's quite an incredible guy. Mm. Um, Benedict. Not, not Benedict. Benedict. <laughs> not Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I mean, he, he is a great guy. So we love him as well, but uh, <laughs> not not the not the person we were on about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Benedict. Benedict's quite. He got married about uh, twenty miles away from where I am right now. One of John's family. What on the right island there? or? Yeah, yeah, on the island. His his wife is like the Earl of the Isle of Wight or something or other. Oh, that's quite cool. That's, that's actually an interesting fact. I never thought you'd come up with one. And he oh, and he worked it. He, he's been in my pub a couple of times. What while you were Ooh. there? Or yeah, hmm. I'm like. Well, sorry. So what? Benedict Cumberbatch has been in your pub. <laughs> what yeah, was his name, Josh? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. And so, so you've been in the same room as Benedict Cumberbatch, and I've been to your pub. It's tiny. Yeah, I and mean, this is the first time you're I'm, bringing it up. I'm like, I'm like, what's up, Ben? And then uh, he's like, Wagwan, Jono. And I'm, I'm like, you're usual? And he's like, yeah. And he sits he, down. And then... He is famous for saying Wagwan. I mean, he's the sort of guy we would. Um, but yeah, yeah, he would do. That's actually, <laughs> sorry, I want to know more about this. That's actually a really interesting fact. I've got more facts about Enigma. Um, but, <laughs> no, so, it's you can't say you've been in the same room as Benedict Cumberbatch and gone, yeah, but the, did you see the film he was in? Yeah, no, but the, the thing, uh, when you're at work, yeah, I kind of switch off. I'm a different human. I have like less emotions. What did so, you drink? Just a ale. I can't remember. It was a while ago. Oh, I've I have less respect for him now. What for drinking an ale? More respect. Nah. Um But he, um, yeah, you just we, we gave him a table that was a bit further away from other people, and yeah, you, know, you just kind of do it like he's a normal guy. You know? Oh, you're such a Londoner. <laughs> like I grew up in Cambran. We never saw us. <laughs> the most famous person coming from Cambran was Panic Attack on Robot Wars. Not a, <laughs> not a joke. And and a few Welsh rugby players. I always get starstruck for some reason when I see the rugby players or the football players off the pitch. This is what I find hilarious about Wales. People lose their minds. Like the thing is, in <laughs> so England, we, do, we like we our do. national team. Sue us. It's it's just so funny. It's like in England, you you kind of like. I mean, yeah, you probably won't. I probably won't see any of the footballers or sportsmen or that sort of thing. But in Wales, it's like, oh yes, I know him. He's a he lives down the road. He does the fly half. Oh yes, yes. I mean, it's, oh yeah, I know. I know number twelve. I borrowed some milk off him. Like they just live. They they just all. So John can only do gay Welsh. We don't know where it came from, but it's the only way he can do it. Came from Pulse. Yeah, it's the only, it's the only all of his years at Pulse. It's <laughs> pretty much. Um, Little Britain and Zulu have shaped Jono's uh, experience of Welsh culture. <laughs> I did live in Wales for three years. Uh, yes. That 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 had a little bit of a, of a difference, but not as much as the film Zulu. <laughs> I did like that film. It was, um, but <laughs> that, yeah, that was the first thing. Like one of the first you said to me is like, "Oh, well, I just I just assume people in Wales are like Zulu." And I was like, "Well, yeah, we all wear the red the red capes and the hats." And yeah, stuff. that's and just a match day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, the red the red coats they're called yeah but um yeah we've gone we've gone a big arc but um alan turing yeah i think the man should have like statues all over everywhere um, oh but, ridiculous. All... he is also he may be one of the smartest people ever but oh, he's yeah. also um amazingly lazy um 
Because he was like, he was like, look, yeah. instead of breaking these codes every day, I'm just going to make a machine to do it. And he was the first person <laughs> to go, I'm just going to get a machine to do he it. He was one of the first people to introduce that <laughs> work smart, not hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And I think, I think, and I think people like Jono just miss out on the fact that he went, don't fancy doing any work anymore. I'm just going to get a machine to do it. And we all give him these awards because it was a cool machine and it was newly invented. But if your laziness in, gets you to invent something that doesn't exist, then that says more about you. You're saying that Alan Turing was actually very lazy. Well, I'm just saying history, like, writes itself. <laughs> Jeez. I've actually been, I've been to Bletchley Park. I've been to uh, where it was, Enigma was created and solved and all that stuff. Is it still an army base? Or was it? No, it was, a, I think, um, it was near a school I went to, I was playing rugby or something, and it was near the school. And I was like, oh, someone points it out. And I was like, well, that's where someone made a computer. And I, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's where someone built a computer. And I was see, like, oh, no, nothing see, this about This is anything. the difference. Because when, when Wales, when you go on a school trip or like a trip with sports, you go, oh, see there, that was where that person was stabbed. And you go, oh, I saw that. <laughs> what, in Wales? Yeah, oh, people yeah. get stabbed in Wales. Oh, pfft. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, Londoner. Do you remember the most famous facts about Cambrown, where I'm from? What's that? Um, new, someone once stabbed city. a donkey. Oh, God. Our donkey in the community farm got stabbed and it, everyone went mental over it. Well, you would. Why would you do that? That's just but I know. Why would you stab a donkey? donkey? The donkey survived. You didn't die. They just I mean, ran up and stabbed him in the early hours of the morning. So weird. Yeah. Cambrian's also the newest town in the UK. I don't know if it is anymore. Well, I, I was about it. to say when it when it was built it was, but that was a really stupid thing to say. I haven't seen any. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment it was built, it was the newest. Yeah, no, funny that. Um, yeah, yeah Cambrian was built in the seventies. Um, it was in, it's a new built city. Um, it's same time as Milton oh. Keynes. But anyone who's been to Milton Keynes, just imagine that, but smaller and worse. <laughs> and not by the sea. Yeah, and. And on the, and kind of like on a hill. And in Wales. And just, so it's completely different from Milton Yeah, but it's Keynes. 70s architecture. So if anyone appreciate, appreciates like awful architecture. Oh, it's my favourite, actually. Brutalist oh, architecture is one of my absolute oh, favourite. Oh, you'd love Cambrian. Probably not. That's the um, reason why when I took those photos a couple of months ago, you were like, oh, they're really good. They weren't good. They were just what you've t- spent three years taking photos of. <laughs> no, I was just You missed the truth here. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like... I, I love it because it's just so, it, for like, it's just harsh lines. It's, you know, you drive past and you're like, oh, God, yeah, another house with bricks and four windows and a door and a lawn and a bush outside and a driveway. Uh, uh, uh. And then you suddenly see, like, this box of concrete. And you're like, whoa, that's different. Have you, um, I did just a little bit of time, but have you guys seen the parkour um, YouTuber's story? No. No. They're parkour YouTubers. They have like five million subscribers, and they're like, you know, they're just parkourists. But they're based like around London-ish and in England. They travel around. But obviously, the like you say, the seventies architecture is very good for parkour, and because it's all like straight lines and weird shapes and yeah. like you know stuff like that. So it's quite interesting that actually a lot of their really famous parkour places are being knocked down now because they're old and you know they don't want kids running around them anymore. Mm. But, you know, it's just, it's interesting that actually it's kind of given me an appreciation for, like, really awful architecture because you can kind of see... Not that. awful, brilliant. 
awful architecture. But, but I mean, was... it is. I mean, it looks awful. I mean, no, I fully no, appreciate. No no, no. no, no. I think it looks. I I love it. I tell I you what, I, I know there's going to be a lot of things we're going to fight over, but I honestly didn't think 70s architecture yeah. would be in the second <laughs> podcast. There's, there, yeah, I, there is just something about it that it, it's the way it does uses glass and lines and shapes and all these sort of things. Yeah, but they're all it, straight. No, 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 no. That uh, they they use like curves and movement. Like they're the best example. No, I they think. don't. <laughs> they do yes, not they do. curve. Like, they use straight lines at different angles. So you, when you think of seventies architecture, all you think of is the high-rise building in the middle of nowhere. No, That's... I don't. I think of Cambran. Yeah, no, that but... does have a high-rise building in the yeah, middle of I... nowhere. Granted, there's there's stuff like the Barbican, and if you've ever been to the South Bank in London, a lot of that down there is seventies um, architecture. Oh, but I do like I like the South Bank, but that's only because they've covered it in graffiti. No, you're thinking of that one little space where people go skateboarding. That's exactly where I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what that used to be? That used to be a homeless, um, that used sort of a homeless shelter. So yeah. that used to be a lot. Of, that's where a lot of homeless people used to go and sleep and live. Um, and then they got moved on and moved. Mm, they, that they, was, weren't, they weren't skater boys. Yeah, if you if you read George Orwell's Down and Out in Paris and London, he talks about. Uh, going to live London and being in the South Bank and living there and staying there and uh, being moved on and all these sort of things. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, I remember one of my one of my first trips to London. I accidentally walked through that area and it blew my mind. All the graffiti there, it's incredible. I love the South Bank. I mean, yeah, you're yeah, but there's I, I I'll educate you in in that sort of brutalist architecture because <laughs> i think it is some of the absolute best oh my god half our view account just went down <laughs> <laughs> i won't i won't do it now i'll do it some other time okay I, well I, I'll, I'll take you on a, a tour of concrete we'll do it when we can meet up brilliant. in the pub again yeah we'll uh, we'll just let everyone know when that episode's come in and we'll, we'll be like oh well that's the reason it's spiked down then <laughs> jono's jono's tour of london concrete I can imagine it now. Take us virtually through Google Maps. <laughs> so, guys, should we move on to Gladiator? Yeah, I'm good to do that. Yeah. So, we so there's probably going to be there's going to be a spoiler warning here, obviously, because we're going to go into detail about Gladiator. If you've not seen it, you should have. It's about 20 years old. So, <laughs> I I hate to I hate to tell anyone to turn it off because they've not seen the a 20 year old film. But I guess if you don't want it spoiled, a 20 year old film turn it off um <laughs> so alan i'm gonna let you go first because this was your first this was your first year this right? was my first viewing um again i'm that person that enjoys every film i watch no matter how <laughs> bad it is um I so obviously why, i really why like reviewing it. films <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys ruin films for me yeah, um sorry yeah i really liked it obviously it was a 2000 release um yeah so some of the graphics were a bit outdated. Some of the scenes could have been better filmed. I thought that some of the weird effects that they used, like some of the slow motion cutscenes, quicker sped up bits, I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. But in them days, in the 2000s, that was fine. Yeah, I was, that's a product of its time. Like they just sort of got like CGI and all like yeah. the animated like effects and stuff like that. So they just kind of crammed them into films. You look back now, I'm going to go... It's almost uh, B-roll, some of them battle scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I like the film as a whole. 
I think it's more down to the acting, to be honest. Yeah, um, it was a great performance. A good... By yeah, they're all great. All they them. are all great performers. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I can't remember any of their names off the top of my head. But... Russell, no, Pro. of course not, because Joaquin that would involve Phoenix. me remembering names. But they, in fairness, there's no. I don't feel there's any character that really lets it down. Um, I think that's why it's so highly rated, to be honest. Um, what I don't like about the film, which this has made me sad, actually. I talked to Alan before the podcast. Um, this has made me sad because I, I used, I really like Gladiator. Um, I really enjoyed it. I used, watched it probably the first time when I was about ten or eleven. So you know, really enjoyed it. And I rewatched it like two days ago and realized it's actually not as good as I remember. And I don't think it's Gladiator's fault, but I think it's being copied a lot, um, kind of be desensitized by stuff like um, Game of Thrones or anything else that's battley and swordy and stuff. That, Lord but they've the just Rings. done it a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Lord of the Rings. And I just think the battles were a bit. No one gets hurt in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, and don't move on. These, the, yeah, it's kind of it's more Game of Thrones than Lord of the Rings, but you know, along the same logic. Um, I just think it's been quite desensitized as a um, like historical like action, and I think it's been quite done over now. So watching back, I just didn't enjoy it, and I hate to say that, but I didn't. I, I like think... I like the gladiator bits when they were in the Colosseum. <laughs> I mean, I I I actually I think I disagree that I think that if the siege how they do all that stuff is holds up a hell of a lot better than a lot of other things like we were saying about lord of rings it is a lot better done than lord of rings which was filmed about the same time um and i think the cti and everything like that is one one really interesting fact is that um one of the characters died during filming um and the gladiate who ran the gladiating school or whatever you know who won his freedom Oh. oh, I forget his 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 name. Uh, um, Proximo. Oh, is that why when they kill is that Proximo. when they kill him off? Yeah, they um he's like in the shadows. Uh, see, this is the thing that neither of you saw or worked out, but they completely CGI'd his face and all his f- features for some of the film. I can't work out. I've watched this many times. I keep on trying to work out when they did that CGI. Some of it, you're kind of like, maybe, but maybe not. But this is what I'm saying about the CGI, that I think the moments and some of the things you're thinking about, that they did did a really good job on that. And doing close-ups on facial faces are the hardest thing to do, and fire, are the hardest things to do in CGI, because you have to get all of the muscle movements, all of that structure but they did it in the film, which I thought was amazing. Okay, well, I'm impressed by that. But what I'm not impressed by is their use of um, the effect, not effects as in uh, CGI as in physical effects. So the lighting they used, um, it just seems to jump around a lot. And it, some scenes look very blue. And I understand why they do them, because it's meant to look like heaven or death and stuff yeah. like that. But it just, it just looked very unnatural to me. And I just... They don't think they quite fine tune it. Um, it's it's always it's it, it's the same as I really like when it's light in those in that film. I really like it when they're like in the deserty area and when they're um, in the Colosseum. I really like the light in there. It looks it looks natural, which is what you want in like an outdoor scene like that. But then it's when they cut to um, when Caesar first returns to Rome 
and like his parade and they were like oh we don't really like you and it's just really horrible greys and it's just they tried to make it look like sad and depressing but it just kind of looked fake it looked like a student film yeah no i i get that there's and some of the the flashbacks he has where he's thinking about his family and all those sort of things that obviously i i you know Josh will be able to help me in this and all these sort of things that like a blue tinge is supposed to be like a flashback or like a memory and all these sort of things. And like they use different colors and hues and stuff to films to uh, show different things. So you have more of a warmth for a happier effect, more of a cold light for like a sadder effect and all these sort of things. I get that. But sometimes when you're in like like the African blinding sun and then you go to like the really cold, like, um, which is Spain? That's not even that like cold. Well, in the that's what I mean. They, but that's what I mean. When they would cut to Rome as well, I'm like, I've I've not been to Rome, but I've been to Italy, and my family have been to Rome. And like, not one point did they go, well, it was a bit overcast. Because like, <laughs> yeah. no one's ever been in Italy and gone, oh, well, it's a bit overcast today. It's always warm. It's it's just always warm. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if people live there. It's always there, warm in that. There country. are some times in life where Italy is not warm. No, it's not. Italy and especially Rome <laughs> is never overcast. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that uh, I I think that for me the CGI and the fight scenes and all that still really hold up and still are really the thing. The thing is, I think it is done well. I think no, but they do a lot of practical effects, which works. Yeah, I like the <laughs> fight scenes. Um, I like their little use of CGI. Like I was watching a few clips and like they actually set someone on fire at some point. And then like as he ran off, they like quickly put it out. So I liked their the... lack of use of CGI. But then again, how am I to notice if they CGI'd his face? <laughs> like yeah, how do I saying, know what but, isn't um... isn't? But it's not the CGI that I didn't like. It's the in-between cutscenes. It was going from slow motion to fast to, to yeah, back so to they, normal. They, it was like it, it, it was a bit too juttery. It was like an editor's first time with an effects panel. Yeah. And just kind of doing do, do when you're younger and you're in PowerPoint and you're like, I get to choose the transitions and you chose a different <laughs> transition for yeah. every single... What, what do you mean, Josh, when you're younger? I still do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I do professional presentations in work and then it's, you know, it's like... Woo. There's one particular one where it folds into an origami. Sorry, I'm going off track. Yeah, no, we are. But <laughs> that's kind of came across to me at times, and I and I understand probably if it was made now, they wouldn't have that issue because everyone's kind of got used to having effects. Um, yeah. I only get maybe at the time it was kind of a look what we can do type thing, but I there was just too much color change for me, and it was just really noticeable for me. Yeah, I think I think that's for me the color change. I mean, it's really funny that when I was in school in from like year five or year six or something like that, the guy who did the costume, who works in the costume department of Gladiator came to my school and he brought some of his costumes. So I've worn like the Roman, uh, the Roman armor and all that sort of stuff from the film and all that sort of thing. It's so weird that, that I was watching and I was like, oh crap, I, I remember that I, this guy actually came to my school and then we all made like little shields and all these sort of things. Anyway, I want to go to private school. That's all I've learned. <laughs> state school oh actually i won't say where it is but yeah that no, was state school yeah we just that's what happens when you know just had too many taxpayers in your area apparently taxpayers no it's just that we don't i went to school not in a place at a school that has about 12 students and in is in the middle of a field i went to somewhere that was actually populated by humans so people <laughs> actually knew people 
I mean, Cambrian's all right. I won't comment for Alids because yeah, let's not go with it. I was once but... in a school with I think seven other pupils in the whole school, so let's just not comment. Jeez, we, I, I just love the fact you guys come from two like completely different ends of the planet, and yet here we are all making a podcast together. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, hands, yeah. hands across the world. Yeah, but going back to Gladiator, did you see? And I sent you guys a video of this because I thought it was hilarious. Funny, oh, yeah. they dropped the sword on his face. Like in the opening, in the first seven minutes, when he's on the floor like fighting, they some one of the extras or stunt corners drops a sword on his face, and he should have been stabbed through the face <laughs> if it was yeah. a real sword. But, but Josh, I watched that film when I watched it, and then I watched the film. That scene that you were speaking is less than a quarter of a second. This it's it's about a frame you would have literally had to freeze it's, frame it's not a frame it's, oh. it's probably it's probably about half a second long oh no 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 it's not half it's a about sec- half a second where tiny. it goes from and then you visibly see him looking annoyed oh, that he tiny. had a sword dropped oh. <laughs> on his face russell crowe is the most angry human in the world by the way he's like one of the worst apparently to work with he like has he shouts, runs off, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, well, um, that guy was obviously killed then because he dropped a sword on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that. But like acting and stuff, like, it's the first film where people have like sliced and bled and all that sort of stuff. At the end, I was actually like, man, this is actually quite sad. I didn't want Gladiator to die, and I felt sorry for yeah, his family. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, that I've, I've seen. This is probably the most emotional action film I've watched. It actually mm. had a good storyline. It actually made me feel something. Whereas some action films try to make it cheesy, try to get you in, but it's just too cheesy. This one had an actual deep. I think it suffers from the same problem that I I personally think a lot of really good films suffer from. Um, I would say um, Monty Python is... Yeah, all of their films suffer from this. It's, it's really groundbreaking for the time, so everyone copies it because it's, it's not hard to copy but it's hard to come up with initially. Um, so what happens is, like like Game of Thrones and stuff, so if, if you told me that some of those scenes were from Game of Thrones, like, I 100% believe you. Like, um, a lot of, like a lot of the Colosseum stuff, the scheming stuff, um, all that, it um, it just comes across as very Game of Thronesy, which I think is the reason why I probably didn't enjoy it as much, because it's just been very desensitised. Yeah, but it's it's the same it's the same as everything that Gladiator would have taken uh, cues from films before, like Spartacus, made in nineteen fifty something or other. That is all about gladiators and the same sort of premises. Yeah, and no, I think, they, I think there's for me. cues and stuff with that. So I think that films and all that sort of stuff always repeat and always have elements. And Rid- Ridley Scott, the director, he knows what he's doing, like creating Alien and all these sort of things. Um, that he definitely is taking cues from loads of different places yeah. um but... yeah no i fully i fully agree with that it was just one of those things for me i was really looking forward to it and i just went oh <laughs> is that it because i just remember it being so much better which is disappointing but it's probably it may be a personal me thing also something i've realized two things that i've realized i never realized at the beginning they were in germany I'd never read the initial things or had because I watched stuff with subtitles on because because you know sometimes you pick up some new stuff when you watch stuff with subtitles yeah. on and I realized they also talk German um which is yeah. the other thing um but I know I never realized I always assumed it was Scotland that's so I just funny always do you, assumed. do you know and do you know what the thing that bugs me though about that is that he gets um they try and kill him 
uh, they try and t- uh, in Germany at the start of the film they try and give him an execution and he managed to r- ride from from Germany to Spain before his family gets killed which <laughs> yeah. in any like it, it, in that time would have taken months to do so his family has two taken weeks. months to well, two weeks to travel from two weeks is that yeah no it says at the beginning because they oh, have to travel up oh, from Italy it? in two weeks and yeah it says and he's like oh it took like two weeks oh. um <laughs> but yeah anyway. Germany's closer well, Germany's closer to Italy, yes. But but either way, either way, it was a long, yeah. long. No, don't way. worry. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing you. It, it was. Oh no, I'm bleeding out. Oh no, my hands are super cut. I've just grabbed a sword. Better ride. Better ride home. It literally also, makes I, that I ride look like about a day or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah then... I, I did. The, I did the map. Well, I didn't do the maths, but I did it in my head. I was like, even if it was the southernmost part of Germany and the northernmost part of Spain, I still don't think it would be possible to like ride for that heavy, and. But that's the yeah. sad. That, those and, are the sad things I think about. And also that he only gets there a couple hours after. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, these like, are so... like you couldn't do a film where you arrived like a month later and all no, these sort of you things. No, you couldn't walk in about. Oh, right. and they'd be like, yeah, I've already taken my house. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't. You can't so it has to be ago. that sort of way. But yeah, I get you. Where it's like, oh my god, he's. Well, actually, no. It doesn't say how. Like, it 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 doesn't say if it was like a day or so later. That's one thing. Like he didn't arrive and start to try and battle the people defending his family or something. Like it did arrive like a couple of days later, I think. No, I do like the fact he gave up and was like, "Oh well, it's my life now. I don't really care." And yeah. they were like, "Oh no, you can go kill the guy." And he was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, that's how I do." But anyway, um, yeah. One, I think... of the, one other thing that annoyed me. Oh, here we go. Was that during you know that little kid? It, all, the whole film's his fault. The little kid. All of it. Not the initial part. Do you know the little um, like Caesar's nephew? Oh, Caesar's nephew. Yeah, I thought you meant. Uh, I yeah. thought you meant uh, Maximus's child. Then. Yeah, no, that kid. <laughs> the one oh, that yeah. Got killed. Him, yeah, him. Him standing in that field, all his fault. No, mm. so this this kid. So the reason, like, up until the point where Caesar's like in the gladiator when they're in the gladiator bit. So the Caesar walks up, and then um, Maximus, like, I'm gonna stab him. And the kid runs out and stops him, so he doesn't stab his own. So he doesn't stab him, which is totally his fault because everything after that you know caesar would have been you know caesar would have been dead everything would have been great um if the guards didn't immediately kill him and then the kid later on tells his uncle what his mum had been saying about how caesar's gonna fall <laughs> do you mean like he whispers in his ear so, later yeah so in in conclusion josh your your whole premise is you think that all of the problems are because of a small child no, so I think half of the problems are from a small <laughs> child. So, so, so the conspiracy. So he would have killed him before the conspiracy started, but then he didn't because the kid ran in the front of him, and then the kid freaking tells the conspirators and gets everyone killed. And t- he tells on his mum for no real reason, and I just think one idiot. <laughs> would you have done it differently at seven years old? So at at eleven years old. Because I checked, I checked what his oh, age did would be, check? did and they you? couldn't really give me an answer. But they reckoned about eleven. <laughs> but this kid just decided, oh yeah, well, you know this conspiracy. Instead of talking to my mum, I'm just gonna tell my uncle who she's been saying I want to overthrow and kill. And he has no repercussions. He doesn't get stabbed in the end. I just think this kid didn't got a good ride, and now he's gonna become the next ruler. Gladiator two. Gladiator two. Stab that little one. <laughs> director's cut yeah quickly before we wrap it up we can't talk about this film without mentioning the music like you can't I, okay i can't yeah I was gonna say, <laughs> like 
hands like i think this is probably one of his top three pieces of his whole filmography it was was quite impressive um i was watching a video and he said it took about 40 different soundtracks that he'd written to get this one right so he had 40 different templates that he'd done until he got to where he wanted so he had to have this one perfect and he said this is the pinnacle of his career he's never gonna write something like this again Mm. i think it really went with the film pretty perfectly it it is good to be i mean we we didn't we didn't plan on having two hans zimmer tracks or films in a row um (laughs) but it kind of ended up that way um Uh, yeah he yeah but the thing is he's he's in most good movies (laughs) he's in most of the things we're going to talk about he wasn't in 2001 a space odyssey alad um, just to, just to say, no, he did good films. I do really like that film. Just right, and... listening, but <laughs> it's, a... <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a good film. But... but it's John's favorite film of all time, so I can't say it's good. Yeah, no, but uh, the music, yeah, it is it is incredible. I, it, it creates a suspense. It creates everything like that. And but that hands... final, that final scene with his death, it all mm. led up to that. And I think yeah, that is. Very I I had a quick look. That is Hans's second most streamed track of all time. We are free, or yeah, whatever, uh, now we are free. Um, I think the only I mean, one above it is Time from Inception. But yeah, I mean, he could have he could have next week the Inception. Kid, other than that, it was a perfect ending. Yeah, yeah. So and what a perfect way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for making it this far, guys. If you liked it, like it. If you disliked it, dislike it. If you have any feedback or suggestions, let us know through our socials and join us next week for the next episode of the Golden Goose Shop podcast. Until then, let's play that intro out.